0: welcome to the cosmic earth podcast i'm your host natalie holbrook i'm an astrologer and spiritual coach and together we'll be exploring all things astrology the wisdom of the earth and both ancient rituals and modern practices to align with and heal your body mind heart and spirit and of course we'll cover my favorite subjects manifestation and magic I created this podcast to remind you that you are infinite and are a divine piece of this cosmic earth. So if you like what you hear, connect with me and say hi over on Instagram at Rise with Natalie, and I will be seeing you in the stars. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the cosmic earth. Podcast. I am so excited for our special guest today, Aylin Kelly, who is one of my personal coaches. Aylin and I connected back in October because I am a part of this incredible, um, I guess you would call it an accelerator, a business coaching program by Jolie Dawn called the Creatrix Academy. And within this, we are all assigned to coach. And I feel like they were miraculously chosen for us. <laughs> and alan and I have such a special relationship. It's so funny too, because through this, we meet through an app called Marco Polo, where we just send each other videos. And it's so cool. <laughs> like I, in the beginning, I was like, what is this? We're just sending each other videos. I, like I want to zoom. I want to have this, but then this is incredible. And I feel so close to you, Aylan. And I feel like our souls are just so connected. So thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you.
1: I 100% agree. Yeah, I. it was definitely divine intervention that we were paired up and I love it.
0: And I love you. I love you. <laughs> so Aylin is a transformational empowerment coach, a self-love pioneer and a retreat leader and creator of In Her Own Words, an 18-week online group program plus luxury retreat. And her soul's mission here on earth is to empower women to reconnect to their confidence and strengths so they can awaken their most powerful gifts, activate their creative genius and live a life fueled by purpose and prosperity. Oh my gosh, I have chills reading your bio because it's like, I see it, I feel it. Like, you <laughs> <do this. laughs> And her truest passion lies in guiding women back home to themselves so they can feel safe and living a life that is most authentic to themselves and to their truth. And astrologically, Aelyn is a Sagittarius sun in the fourth house. She is a Leo moon in the 12th house and a Virgo rising. And we will also be breaking down your astrology as we have our conversation today. So again, thank you for being here and what an amazing bio that you have.
1: Thank you. Yeah. So funny when you're like writing about yourself, there's so many iterations of of what it looks like. You know, you're like, how did you encapsulate this in so many words? But yeah, that just feels the truest, the truest to who I am. And it truly is uh, what lights my soul on fire.
0: Absolutely. And you know, it's everyone has such a unique journey of getting there. And I always, I just love Sagittarius energy that you have a lot of too, because it is this big vibrance I am here to not just show you who I am in my lessons but to also bring that light upon you so how did you step into this work tell us your your journey and your story of becoming <clears throat> transformational empowerment coach and also like what does that mean
1: yeah so yeah. Oh, I'm like do we have 17 hours um so I believe that everybody was born with an origin story. So an origin story is the story that God or whatever you resonate with kind of like weaved into your DNA to share with others, your, your purpose, your Dharma, your path, your mission, and this origin story unfolds with your experiences. So my entire life getting to where I'm at now as a transformational empowerment coach has been just my experiences as the hero, my journey. So I grew up very unconventionally. I grew up um, in a retreat center on church property. My parents were Christian retreat leaders and counselors. My mom's a spiritual director. So I grew up very aware, not, not only that I was different, but that I was kind of like under the microscope of religion. So like you had to be perfect. You couldn't have, you know, these these natural feelings of wanting to fit in. You couldn't have, you know, uh, wanting to have, you know, sex and, you know, just do the things that kids do or teenagers do as they grow up. So at a very young age, I was kind of hyper-focused on perfection. I also grew up in a very large Sicilian family where emotions were swept under the rug. Nobody talked about how they felt or what was going on. It was every like thing that was hunky-dory. And I had a grandmother and mother who suffered a lot of trauma. And, you know, back, back then, nobody talked about trauma healing therapy or psychology. And if they did, it was in very small pieces. And there was a lot of shame around it. And especially culturally, everybody kind of internalized that. So because of my grandmother and my mother's own struggles with their self-worth and self-love, I developed an eating disorder at a very young age. So I remember the moment I physically felt like I left my body and I was looking down at my body and just being like, well, you are not here for you anymore. You're here just to fit in and to make others happy and to be good enough by your body and how you look and how you appear. And so I had a really severe eating disorder in middle school and that mask kind of uh manifested as addiction and alcohol abuse, having sex with people that didn't make me feel empowered, doing it because I thought that it was just a way to gain love. Because from, you know, from the outside looking in, I was the party girl. I was a free spirit. I was the girl that went to festivals and traveled all over the world and, you know, was living the life that everyone wanted and having free love and all these things. But inside I was dying. I was dying. I was miserable. And I always tell people I had my, you know, man in the mirror moment. I feel like everyone has this like transcendental moment where they're like staring back at themselves and they're like, Well, I'm either gonna live or I'm gonna die. And I had that moment. I was 24, I believe I was 24. And I had developed at that point, a severe drug addiction, but I was still amazing at my career. So I remember locking myself in the broom closet at the restaurant that I was managing and just having like a margarita in one hand, and then a handful of tears in the other, and just being like, I can't do this anymore. I felt so disconnected from who I was, but also at the same time, so aware of this, like, grand break between my spirit and my physical like persona here on earth if that makes sense like I knew that there was more and I knew that there was this break and I wanted to come back to her and so I got out of a relationship I sold all my shit and I moved to an island in the middle of nowhere I really began to cultivate finding this purpose in life and i studied yoga i studied meditation i got out in nature and i found this amazing book which changed my life it was by paulo coelho who wrote the alchemist who's like this incredible incredible human being and it was called the pilgrimage and it was about his personal experience on the community santiago which we've talked about this, but for those who don't know what it is, it's one of the spirit, like seven spiritual pilgrimages that you can go on in the world. And I felt this divine call to action. And I heard this little voice and it was like, and it just said, go. And I'm somebody, if you know, Sagittarius, you're like, this is what's happening. I'm going to do the thing. I don't know how, but like, I'm making it happen. Like, I'm like, go, 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 go. So I packed up all my shit. I was supposed to go with someone and she backed out, which was fine. And I flew to France and started this 500 mile, five week solo journey across Spain and really back to God, back home to myself, back home to my divinity and my heart. And there was two really profound moments on that, on that uh, journey. The first one was I have this piercing memory. I had the most vivid spiritual experience of my life where I was listening to this song. And I believe the lyrics were something to the tune of, like, no matter how dark it gets, there's always a way to come out. And I vividly remember, like, walking on this dusty, like, hillside. And I started to tingle and everything went light. And I dropped to my knees and I heard this voice, which I resonate with God. So, God's voice in the back of my head saying, come home to me, beloved, I love you. And I just started, I mean, people must've thought I was like having this crazy, I looked nuts. Like I was on my knees and I was like sobbing and shaking and like, I couldn't see anything. And it was really the first time in my life that I realized that I was made from pure love and I was love. I was the embodiment of love and nothing that I did or that was done to me could ever change that and so i made it my personal mission to find that love and embody that love every day in my life the second thing that happened is i manifested my husband on this journey i was like i was walking down this road with like um fields of sunflowers next to me and like the sun was setting and the mountains were in the back with snow atop them And I remember just being like, you know what, God, I'm done. Like I'm done with the fuck boys. Like I'm done with it all. I want to find a love that's going to be on this journey with me of love, not, you know, be my everything, but that's going to be side by side with me holding one another and each other's truth and love. And two days later, I came home from uh, Europe and I met my husband and it was like the most beautiful thing. So once I got home, you know, it took a couple of years. I was still kind of in and out of my addiction of drinking as well. Uh, but I finally made the powerful decision in 2018 to get sober. So I got sober. I stopped drinking. I started doing yoga every day. I started meditating, and I started really and in, really investing in myself and really, I began to track my own journey and start writing um, what I had experienced in my life and how that can help others. And at first it was for me, but then I found my voice and I realized that other people resonated with this because I think one of my superpowers is my vulnerability. I am just so open, so open about who I am because I truly believe when you share your truth, it lights the way for others to be seen and really creates this collective healing in a powerful way. So I started that down that path. And then I invested in Jolie's program and I started doing more inner healing work and my programs were birthed out of that. And so that's where I, um, I am, that's where I am right now. And I start, I, I began as like a body confidence coach because I was a missed healing my own eating disorder, but then it moved into this really deep traumatic inner child work that I had managed to really do for myself. And so what I do now as a transformational empowerment coach, it's really empowering women to stop hiding, to take the veil or the mask off of who society, who their trauma, who their old stories and patterns and beliefs have told them to be so that they can really reconnect back to their divine femininity and embody that every day so that they can live a life fueled by passion and purpose and really awaken that inner creative genius so that they can go out and impact millions of women just by being them with their gifts and their talents and their skills and share their origin story with the rest of the world. So that's the short version.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay, we're done here, everyone. Thank you for coming. (laughs) No, such an incredible story. And, um, what Island did you go to? First of all, I lived in St. Thomas for two years. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. It was wild.
0: Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. There's so many things that I want to ask you about. And also that I just want to say and point out, first of all, in your birth chart, which is something so fun. And I love sharing your birth chart as we do this. So you can see it because it's just such a cool um, yay! to see and give this kind of live reading, so to say. So have you seen your chart like this before? Uh, No. OK, <laughs> you know, the birth chart is as if you were to imagine that the moment that you were born in the hospital or the home that there was an astronomical photographer who was standing outside of the sky and they took a photo the moment that you took your first breath. And this would be where all of the planets were. So this line right here is the horizon line. And so we know that because you were born at 1010, which is also an angel number, um, that the moon was up and that there there were actually a few planets in the sky, but there were a lot of planets underneath the horizon. And so you have what's called a lunar chart, which means that the sun is below the horizon. So even though you are this this like brave, and I would say that you're kind of, and you come off as an extroverted person, but I think that you probably do a lot of this processing actually internally and that you actually might be more of what we would call a lunar chart because your sun is beneath the horizon because you were born at night and so yes there's this bigness of who you are and people and you love to talk because virgo is your your ruling planet and it's ruled by or your ruling sign and mercury is the ruler and mercury is all about communication so you are truly here to communicate and to be a messenger and to bring that message to the world but you're also doing it in this way where you can, you can light up and you can come on and you can talk, but also there's a piece of you that really needs that you time and that you have these messages. You have a lot to share and say and write especially, but you need to also have it within your own time, in your cozy home, in your own quarters, feeling really good and feeling safe.
1: Mm, That's so true. You know, what's interesting about that though, is that I think I played the part of like party girl, extrovert, like FOMO all the time for so long that I didn't realize that until I started my healing journey. Like being alone wasn't something that I ever could do until like five years ago. I never thought, I was like, that's not who I am. But I, you're completely right. Like, I love that.
0: Yeah, and it's that balance of all of that, right? And because you really are here to, definitely go the distance and to travel and to go and to learn because that's Sagittarius, Sagittarius is, you know, how is it that I can shoot my arrow and I know not where I shall land, but I will go and I will go the distance. It's like very Hercules. You know, it's like, if I go the distance, like you <laughs> do that and, and then come back with whatever wisdom. And I just, you know, your whole story just brought all of this to light of you going and going abroad and living on St. Thomas and then going to the Camino de Santiago and doing this pilgrimage. I mean, and that that was then one of this these manifestations for you of love, but of like finding that deeper love within yourself. And this also shows right here that it's almost like, you know, you have your home and you love being home, but you probably also feel at home when you're traveling too, because Sagittarius rules your house of home. So it's like, you could actually go anywhere and be like, Sometimes the airplane also just feels like my home. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. So, you know, another thing that's really interesting too. And I think that um, close to what you said about your, your mom and the generational trauma and all of the, the women or the ancestral healing that, that you get to kind of do is that the moon represents our mother and our maternal lineage. And the moon for you is in the 12th house which is the house of spirituality, the house of God. And it's also the house of the things that we feel, but we do not see and that sometimes we do not say. And so it would even make sense there, that it's like there's been this lineage of all of these, the the problems or the trials or the um, injustices just being swept under the rug. So that that's something that you had to actually be born into, but what rules this area of life for you is leo where you're like you know what i'm gonna shine a light on this shit. <laughs> and we're gonna talk about <laughs> this. <laughs> we're gonna empower ourselves and like when you were saying this i just had chills the whole time when you were talking about i want to help women to find their voice and to actually come out of that shadow and come out of under the covers because this is exactly what that does because leo is the only sign that is ruled a by the sun and then also that rules the heart and so if we look at the moon as what are your own emotions and your deep needs and what also comes very naturally to you is that you have this ability to go into these places that are maybe unseen or maybe dark or that things that people don't even realize about themselves because it's almost like it's hidden within them and you have this ability to be like we're going to be like a lion and a lioness and rip that right open and give you your roar back or give you your roar for the first time ever. Mm, I have chills. That makes me so happy. (laughs) So that is so beautiful. Had to show you those things, how to point that out. Um, And then, yeah, you know, also you have, so this planet down here, this is Mercury and Mercury is how we communicate and yours is in Sagittarius. And so this is definitely, you know, I don't know if you've thought about writing a book or anything like that, but this Girl, is- like, yes. Yeah, you're like, they're written already. <laughs> <laughs> but this is for sure that energy for that. And, and for everybody who's listening, as alan speaks, you can just hear, it is this powerful, like um, just captivating and so polarizing voice where I'm like, I want, I could just listen to you talk forever. And I do, I actually replay your Marco Polo videos because I'm like, (laughs) let me listen to this again. It's like some type of subscription service for people to pay like $5 a month to just get your motivational quotes. Yes. (laughs) But then also next to this Mercury is the planet Saturn and Saturn is about maturity and it's our, um, it's our tough love. And with that, it sometimes creates limits for us so that we have to work harder to overcome either the boundary or the barrier of whatever it was. So I would even be interested, like do you, do you feel like it took you, and I think you may have said this, but taking you a while to actually find your own voice and your own message?
1: Yeah, and it's something that I still am learning every single day. I mean, theres I think there's just so much layer so many layers to the trauma that I endured that are constantly, constantly self-sabotaging and constantly coming up. So there's so many other hidden areas within me that are still emerging. I think I numbed for so long, you know, 30, I don't even know how old I am, like 29 years of my life. I was just numb. And so awakening into just emotional responses and the release of all that trauma and energy, it's still something that I, you know, struggle with on, on, on the daily. So I think I'm always evolving and growing and kind of, you know, the the proverbial onion (laughs) pulling (laughs) the layers back. Right. Um, And I think the beautiful thing though, is I think that with, with every new chapter of my own story and every new layer that I, that I peel back, it's this new, new voice that Mm -hmm. I cultivate and new experiences that I get to share so I think that there is it's you know twofold it's like there's that darkness piece of it there's that shadow but there's also this excitement and this like I'm ready to kind of mold and merge and anchor into this new version of self and this new voice that's being activated through this next layer of healing that I'm going through that makes sense
0: Oh, absolutely. That's, that's so cool. And I love the way that you put that because the other thing about this moon, so the moon being also not just your mom, but your, your needs and your emotions, these deep subconscious pieces of you, this being in the 12th house is sometimes the things that, like I said earlier, we feel, but we don't see. So it is like this, this mystery that throughout your whole life, you're going to be like, And here's this part of me, cool. (laughs) Like This has been there since I was 12 and now I get to find it and release it. And there can sometimes be a lot of these, these blind spots that we'll have, or especially people who have this moon in the 12th house. But the thing that I love about this for you too is that because it's in Leo, is that it's like the more that you step into creativity and leadership and truly love, because that's what Leo is, the more that these things rapidly unfold and that you get to step even more into this leader and not just a leader for others, but really this leader of being for and from yourself and leading from your heart. Yes.
1: I love that. And I love the creativity piece, you know, especially as somebody growing up, I was diagnosed with ADHD. So my creativity was shamed. It was seen as this outside disease and this stigma and something that was wrong with me. So through this healing journey, awakening even more into my creativity and really exploring that and opening up to my inner artist and allowing myself to submerge into what that means has been really exciting because the more I am creative, the more things just open up for me, like you said. And so that's a piece of me that I'm still exploring, which is really exciting with new avenues and new outlets so that's something that I'm definitely going to dive into more. And especially to now with a child coming, you know, the ultimate, I'm do, literally doing the ultimate creative thing. <laughs> but then when this little human comes around, get, going back into that like childlike mindset of being creative as well with him. So I'm really excited.
0: Absolutely. And the funny thing that we had said that, um, Aileen and I were talking about earlier is I asked her her little boy's um, due date and it's April 5th and I just pulled up what his chart will or could be um, because we can always see that. And the coolest thing is that his son looks or conjuncts or sits next to in the sky directly with Aileen's north node which is her destiny piece. And so this is very, very common with children and either their moms or dads, because it's like all of a sudden their little son, who they are, this ego, their light of them comes on and it sits in the sky with your purpose. And so how beautiful that he gets to come in and is like, Hey mom, I'm your purpose or I'm part of it. Here I am. (laughs) Yes. Oh,
1: I love that
0: the date. I mean, literally April 5th, like you can see it right here. Your North node is here at 17 degrees and his son is at 16. So this is a very, um, it's like a soulmate relationship for sure. And it also is that you two together are taking each other to this higher North as well.
1: Ah, oh, I'm going to start crying. <laughs> I love that. And I think that's really powerful, especially since I've always been afraid to be a mom i've been afraid to have a child and i never thought that i would this was a total oops moment like it was unplanned mm-hmm. and you know to, in the beginning of my pregnancy i was like well this isn't going to be my purpose like my 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 life isn't meant to be like a mom like i'm not just going to you know give my all to it and you know there's pieces of me that are like very in tune with my own individuality and i'm you know very in tune with, with self but to hear that it's, you correlate that word purpose with something that I was so constricted with and like something that I was so against. I think it's really beautiful because I have this just intuitive piece that's like when he comes, things are gonna expand rapidly for you in all areas of your life. It's just a matter of being patient enough to get there.
0: (laughs) Oh, absolutely. And you know, a huge piece of this too So you and I were both 86 babies and for anybody who's born in 1986, this this year is this year of what's called the Jupiter return. And this is huge. So we've all heard of our Saturn return. The Saturn return is kind of this like dreaded time of like, oh my God, like my life is going to change and it's so scary. (laughs) So it's not scary. That just means that you're going to go through some stuff that's going to literally change your life and it's okay. You're going to make it, but the (laughs) Jupiter return. This is, we can be like, yes, this is the time because this is actually when abundance really does kick in because Jupiter represents expansion, optimism, abundance, luck, fortune, all these great things, and just like a bigness of whatever is going on in that time. And so during this exact time, Jupiter is actually going to be also upon your Jupiter. So him being born is not just this deep part of your purpose, but it's also bringing so much more richness to your life. So it's really beautiful to see this, like he's your little Jupiter return baby.
1: <laughs> I'm so excited.
0: I'm so excited for you.
1: <laughs> I think he's going to be magical.
0: He is for sure. Because you know, if this, if he's born on this day, this is basically his birth chart and he has a Gemini moon like me. So, you know, just expect someone very Gabby and- <laughs> <laughs> really fun. <laughs> um, but also, he will have his, no matter what, he will also have his Jupiter in Pisces. And um, anybody who has their Jupiter in Pisces, it does mean that there's this expansion in creativity and in spirituality. So that's a really neat piece that you two will for sure share. Mm. Yay! <laughs> So all of a sudden this went into a baby birth chart reading, but you know, we were like, we're going to see where this goes. <laughs> all right, my dears, by now you know that I am an astrologer and I'm clearly extremely passionate about astrology. However, there is a whole other piece to my business and one of my greatest passions. And that is something called psych K and psych K is an incredible tool to rewire and reprogram your subconscious mind what i love to do in my work is to use your astrology chart as your cosmic blueprint where we can see everything that your soul signed up for we can see your gifts your talents your challenges your habits your patterns everything is truly mapped out in the stars and the thing that i love about combining astrology with this process of Psyche K is that instead of just being like, well, this sucks for you, we can use Psyche K to transform our subconscious minds and transform these difficult things and issues and habits that come up in our chart. So I now have an extremely special offer that I am so passionate about and that Everyone who has been a part of it so far has had life-changing results, and that is my Activated and Aligned Private Retreat, which is a half-day session that you can work with me for four hours, where we go through your entire birth chart, we look at what is holding you back, what limiting beliefs do you have, and what talents and gifts do you have that you are not yet using. And then bring in the Psyche K to make sure that you feel empowered and rewire any of those old stories. Get them out of your head and out of your way, out of your life, so that you can step into living the life that you know that you came here for. We can do this for anything that you know you have going on, or if you want to plan out a launch of your business, or if you want to step into starting a new business, or if you want to figure out Why you keep dating the same people or why you're attracting something or why you can't get into an abundance or fix your money mindset. Astrology has the answers to everything and pairing it with Psyche is the most powerful tool that I have ever seen used. I swear by it, my clients swear by it, and I would love for you to be able to get this experience. So if you are interested, send me a message over on Instagram or head to my website at risewithnatalie.com slash activated and aligned where you can learn all about this and I hope to work with you on stepping into the life that you know that you came here to create and the dream reality that you came here to experience so I hope to see you very soon something that I definitely really want to get into and talk about and something that I have helped me with so much. You know, whenever we have our video calls, I'm like, yay, Aylin! Um, Because there's just so much positivity and so much empowerment. And a couple of months ago, I was going through a breakup and I will still listen to this message that you sent me where you were like, you are the queen and do not settle. And you told me about <laughs> your Camino de Santiago walk and everything. And I think since, you know, we're in February and it's our commercial month of love, <laughs> what is kind of your Your advice for, especially as we're in this time where I've seen, and maybe you've seen too, there's a lot of these incredible single women who are beautiful and independent and doing their thing and their boss babes, and they can't seem to find this king. What do you say to all of that? And what are your words of encouragement? I mean, this is for me too.
1: (laughs) Mm, Yeah. So the first thing that immediately came up is that in order to find your king, you have to be your king first. Mm. You have to. You have to, you know, take off that, the wounded masculine shield that we've been taught to put up to protect ourselves, right? That masculine, it's all about protecting ourselves and not being vulnerable. And I think for so many women, because characteristically, we live in a patriarchal society and Women have been told for so long that there's not enough room for the table and there's not any room at the table for them. There's, you know, there's small spaces where they need to pine and they need to force and they need to try hard, 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 hard. It needs to be, you know, very stoic and very cold. And so women have learned to be their own protectors, but not in that healthy way, in that controlling way. They have learned that, I'm not going to let anybody see me because if they see me, then they're going to hurt me. And if I don't get hurt, then my life is just going to be great because I don't want to feel, I don't want to be emotional. So they turn their hearts off and they move through life in this robotic way. And it's interesting because I've talked to so many women who, and I'm sure you've seen this or heard this or know somebody. It's like when the good guy comes along, it's like, what the fuck is wrong with him? Like something must be wrong with him. Like he wants to like emotionally open. Like he wants to share with me. He wants to give me space when I ask for it. He wants to have boundaries. No, 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 no. I'm going to, that's too much. Like that's too icky. Like there's too many feelings. There's so much intimacy. So they, they shut down from that and they go to what they know, which is, you know, the bad boy, which is the person that they either know is already going to hurt them. So they self-sabotage and it's easier to do that than to unfold and to unlayer and to unravel. But what's interesting is that is at the core of a woman's heart, a woman wants to be expressed. A woman wants to be held, a woman wants to be seen. She wants to be in her own empowered leadership, but she wants to find a king that can hold her in that. He can see her and not force her to be somebody that she's not, but that can say, you're safe. You're safe to soften. You're safe to be seen. You're safe for me to penetrate you in a way that envelops you with my love and compassion and grace. But I also honor you in that empowered leadership. I honor you in your boundaries. I honor you with your voice. And I think it's so important to have, you know, as women, to raise men who are not like that wounded masculine or toxic masculinity, you know, like you see people in power a lot, like politicians who are like, I'm just going to control everybody. I'm going to tell them what to do. Because they become secure in their own truth, they become secure in who they are, and they don't feel the need to be mothered one right or to disempower a woman in order to make themselves built up and feel better and strong, they can soften into their own masculinity but they can stand firm and stand true and hold a woman in her own strength. So the biggest tool that needs to occur when you you know when you want to when you're setting out on that journey of finding love is you have to experience radical self-love for your first for yourself first and i know i was telling you in that video is that what's unfortunate is that self-love is radical it's radical we have that sister wound which wants us to pine and be jealous and compare with other women. We have, you know, the mother wound of not feeling good enough, of hating our bodies, of not wanting to be seen. And then we have that father wound of deep abandonment, right? Of I have to put on a show. I have to put on face. I have to be strong. And I, I have to exert this strength that isn't empowered, but it, it's toxic in order to guard my heart because somebody left me or I wasn't good enough growing up because my parents divorced or whatever. We carry so much woundedness that we lose sight of the most important love, which is the love for ourselves. And I tell women all the time, you were created by pure love energy. All you are is love. And what happens when we're younger, when we experience trauma, whether it's small or big, right? We lose sight of that. And we kind of bring on and carry these traits and characteristics that gain us unhealthy love because we are in unhealthy, you know, we have unhealthy parents, we have um, unhealthy environments. And so in order to be seen, to be heard and to be loved, we put on a mask and we lose sight of the love that we are. And so coming home to yourself and opening yourself up to love yourself first, and then raising that vibrational energy to be a match to that man that's not going to push you or change you or force you, but to see you begins with the remembrance, the remembering that you are love. And there's so many practices that you can do in order to kind of start. And I always tell women, the first thing that really I encourage women to do is, to sit with those old stories and to really take an inventory of how they're living their life now, right? We can't dive deep into trauma. We can't dive deep into inner healing work. If we have all these things in our life that are toxic. So at the core, it's creating alignment in your life. Are you drinking enough water? Are you sleeping? Are you in relationships that don't really align with you anymore? Are you eating high vibrational nutrient dense food? Are you taking time to have spiritual nourishment, emotional enrichment, right? And once you can kind of get that base of coming back into alignment, like Jolie says, frequency first all the time, really anchoring in your beingness and taking that inventory, then you can move on to embodiment work and opening up your heart, coming home to your divine feminine sensuality. Pouring love back into those cracks in your heart, and being the one that that really sees yourself, being that own hero, being the 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 mentor and the guide for yourself and that inner little little girl. And when you begin to strip away those layers and allow yourself to be seen first by yourself, then others begin to see you in a different way. And I always tell the women that I work with that. When you open yourself up to your truth and vulnerability within yourself first, you kind of create these blinders of people that aren't a vibrational match to anymore, right? And I'm sure you've experienced this, where the more self-love and the more healing and the more you know emotional intelligence you open yourself up to, those people stop coming into your life right? And especially too, when you use your voice to create boundaries and speak into your yes and no, and feel safe enough to share your needs in a loving way, you're not going to be inviting those people into your life anymore. And those people that can truly see you for that queen that you were meant to be, that that birthright that you have only begin to come into your force fields. And Then you feel safe. You feel safe to open up to a relationship. You feel safe to open up to love. You feel safe to open up to another man or woman's uh, emotions and holding them and not feeling the need to change or fix or control. It just feels like two hearts coming together, connected on this journey, on this journey of remembering who we were born to be. Wow. Does that answer your question? <laughs> yes,
0: very <laughs> okay. much. So many gems in that. And I just love this. Become your own king. Is there any type of specific practice? And I know all of it is first first, first cultivate that radical self-love. Is there anything that you would say for the women who are like, I am so ready right now that you would offer to them?
1: Yeah. One of my favorite, and I had you guys do this on our call one of my favorite exercises, and there's so many that you can do one of my favorite external exercises, because there's embodiment practices that you can do. But one of my favorite external exercises is having a death ceremony for yourself, because what happens is when you begin to kind of merge and open up yourself to becoming in that higher self and kind of like going to the edge and saying, you know what, fuck it. Like I'm, I'm leaping. Like, I don't know the how, but I'm leaping. And I know that I'm held is that that primal brain is going to kick on and be like, you're not safe. You can't do this. Here's all the stories of why you can't do this and why you're never going to find love and why you're going to be hurt. So what happens is there needs to be a grieving process of giving yourself space to say, okay, I'm not going to forget who I was, or I'm not going to forget my past stories, or I'm not going to forget, you know, parts of me that have made me who I am today. I'm going to integrate them. I'm going to integrate them into my heart and pour love back into those spaces where they felt unsafe before so that they know that it's okay. I'm safe now. I'm safe now being who I am right now, but it's okay to grieve, to grieve that past version of myself. There's still times in my life where I I miss the body that I had when I was anorexic. Like I was dying, but I miss that body. I miss doing drugs all the time, right? And without those pieces and parts of me, I wouldn't be who I am today. So I give myself permission to grieve, to grieve. And I give myself permission to honor those by kind of laying them to rest, if you will, like metaphorically. And so I would would encourage you to do is I would encourage you to write a letter write a letter to all those pieces and parts of you that you feel no longer are serving you or that you are no longer giving yourself permission to hold space for. Not in a way where emotionally things come up and you hold yourself in love and allow yourself to process, but those pieces and parts of you that you feel like have really been holding you back and you're ready once and for all to lay to rest. This is like that physical manifestation of laying that to rest. So writing a letter to yourself very openly, and very vulnerably telling those pieces and parts of you how much you love them, how much, if it wasn't for them, you would be who you are today. You wouldn't be who you are today, but you're ready to let them go because this is who you are now. This is who you're taking a stand for now. And this is what you're only willing to hold space for, right? Because the next month, two months, three months, six months, year from now and, and on you're stepping into that higher version of yourself and you're not looking back. So writing a letter and then finding something that's really instrumental to that past version of yourself, a physical object. So this could be a note from an ex. This could be, um, you know, I've had people who stopped drinking or people who stopped smoking weed and they've taken their pipe or they've taken a bottle, whatever. Something that, you know, we all have that one thing that's like locked in the corner in the back where you're like, "Eh, just keep that, like, I'm not going to use it or read it or touch it, but like, I'll just have it somewhere. You know, there's like this like deep emotional heartstring attachment. And so this is almost like this cord cutting. So you take that thing, you take the letter, you go to somewhere immensely beautiful, whether it be in the water or whether it be, you know, in the ground and you bury it and you say almost a eulogy over it. And you literally feel this energy just release out of your body. And be transmuted and recycled into something else for further use somewhere else on this planet. And you can feel those pieces and parts. I had this image of like um, your heart having all these cracks, but then those cracks being filled with gold and it just being fused back together, where you're like, all right. And knowing that there's somewhere on this planet where that piece and part of you is laid to rest. And it's not, again, forgetting it, but it's saying, this is where you live now. And that's okay. And you don't physically have to go visit it, but you can emotionally visit it on those days when you're feeling soft and you really want to hold space for whatever's coming up emotion wise with that thing. And it's really powerful because it's not just that emotional representation. Our brains, you know, when we see something visual, it becomes reality. So, physically seeing you lay to rest. Those parts of you that have been holding you back, that old X, that twin flame, that thought pattern, that belief system, that substance, whatever it is, it begins to neurologically change the way you believe about that thing and yourself. And you're going to recognize that things are going to powerfully shift when you let that go and reintegrate it into your beingness and your wholeness in the present moment right now.
0: Wow. It's so powerful. And when you taught us that last week, I I was laying in the bathtub.
1: <laughs> no, I love that. I'm like, can you turn
0: your video on? You're like, um, I'm naked in the bathtub. I'm naked in the bath. I mean, I will. <laughs> but, and so I remember that instead of writing my letter at that moment, I was just visualizing everything. And so many things came to me. And the best part about that is that I have these dead roses that i had kept from the old house that i was living in because i knew that i wanted to go to this river and let them go and I, I hadn't done it like something was holding me back from doing it and then we had that call and you literally gave us the instructions on how to do this and i was like this is why i've been not or i hadn't done it yet because i was waiting for these directions from alan like this way to further infuse my experience with what I was letting go of into these roses. And this Saturday is actually when I finally have the time to go do this death ceremonies. And I'm so excited. <laughs> Yay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's really important to give yourself space to grieve. We don't talk enough about grieving outside of actual physical death of human, you know, the human experience. Um, and I think it's so easy to kind of get into that mode of like going and healing and fixing, but we can spiritually bypass ourselves into missing the most important pieces. And if we don't integrate those, you know, lower vibrational emotional responses into how we show up, they're going to be with us. And our nervous system is still going to be out of, you know, it's going to be dysregulated and we're going to be triggered more by this trauma response. And our primal brain is going to flip on. And How we want to show up is going to be driven by that. So it's really important. I always tell women grief and anger are the two biggest emotions that I want you to give yourself permission to feel and feel the shame, feel the shame behind having anger, (laughs) feel the shame about grieving and spending time to grieve. Um, But it's really important in order to integrate that into your beingness and your frequency and, and how you show up. Because the more you can do that, the more you recognize you're safe in your emotional response and the more your heart begins to blossom and open up and you really become the the parent, you become the nurturer to those past pieces and parts of you. And you know that you're safe, like, holy shit, I'm actually safe to be who I am in my experience right now. And my experience is angry. My experience is sad. My experience is grief. Like, all right, let's fucking do this. And then it gets easier and easier. Well, not, I don't want to say easier. It becomes more commonplace, right? And leaning into that uncomfortability of an emotional response becomes something that you're like, I'm ready. I'm ready to do this.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Do you think that for women or, or men, whoever, that may even be feeling hopeless of like, I just cannot find this person or I've gone through this many breakups and heartbreaks do you think that there's even subconsciously barriers on their heart that they don't even realize that their heart has maybe closed?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I would encourage anyone who's at that place to really spend time with why the belief system behind that subconsciously is I'm actually not good enough for this person to show up. Because really when we're in that space of hopelessness, right, it's one, I don't know how to love myself first and be okay with just being alone with myself. But two, I actually don't feel good enough for a person to actually show up in my life. So there is no hope. Like, why would they want to be with me? And that's when the heart closes. And there's this lessening of softening into yourself because it's scary, It's scary to look at those past parts of you that were maybe told you weren't good enough. You know, we internalize so much as a child, children of divorce, logically, when we're children and we grow up, our brains can't, you know, differentiate between like my parents are divorcing because it's not working out for them. And they, you know, have fallen out of love. How we internalize that is I'm not good enough for someone to stay. I'm not good enough for somebody to be with me. And we carry that through life, or we're shamed for something that we are proud of, or we're told, you know, we didn't do this well enough, or we're yelled at for being emotional. Right. And we carry that. And what happens is in our body and in our minds, we create these neural pathways and these patterns and belief systems That's like, well, fuck it. I'm just, you know, I'm not, I'm not safe to be here. I'm not lovable. I'm not worthy. I have no value, right? So that's never going to change. I'm never going to be lovable. I'm never going to have value. And no one's ever, I'm never going to be good enough for someone to see me for who I am. So, you know, there's a lot, heart work is really, really powerful. And it involves first seeing yourself in that pain and really getting to the root and the core. And I always tell somebody, this is not something that you want to do alone. You do not want to go on this deep inner healing journey by yourself. And this is why it's so powerful to find a coach, to find a guide, to find a therapist, to find a psychologist, to really give you the space to guide you through that heartbreak, the heartbreak with yourself, that heartache and that mending, because it is a journey. It is a journey of self-love. It is a journey of seeing yourself, of vulnerability, of radical acceptance of where you're at, and of honoring your own truth. And for some of us, we don't even know where that begins. Like, holy fuck, I'm just trying to get out of bed. So I would encourage those out there first to accept where you're at. If waking up, taking a shower and making your bed is all you can do that day, celebrate the fuck out of doing that. Like celebrate yourself. Like we took a shower today. This is so exciting. Like, Oh my my God. (laughs) Like, and for some people, that's all they can do. And it's like, there's so much shame around that. It's like, you are good enough. You're exactly where you need to be doing exactly what you need to be doing. And that's okay. Right. A day is just a day. Tomorrow is another day, but finding someone that can be your guide, because it's so hard when we're kind of being pulled down in those trenches to see ourselves. And a therapist or a coach or a psychologist or whoever you choose to resonate with can be that powerful mirror, that reflection and holds that strength and that courage that they know that you have as a reflection back onto you so that you can feel empowered to kind of slowly dig your way out of that hole back into a place of openness and healing and radical self-love and start back on that path of living out your destiny, finding that person and they'll find you. Um, yeah,
0: that's incredible. I love, I love all of that. And I think that there's so much too to what you said about is it the underlying of I'm not enough or I'm not worthy or I'm not of value, and those those are even things that with my practice of psych, k will always those are kind of these like core components to we that we muscle test to see do you actually believe these things, you know? So I love that mm-hmm. you you brought that in and and especially working with coaches so tell everybody how can people work with you how can people learn more about you and get more of these nuggets of wisdom that Clearly, I'm so in love with hearing that I go <laughs> back to myself every night when I go to bed. <laughs> yes.
1: Um, yeah. So they can. So I offer um, a um, Soul Spark strategy session. This is a complimentary session if they want to get in touch with me. This is where we really begin to look at those roadblocks and um, those hindrances that have been holding you back of like, I feel lost. I feel stuck, but I know there's something out there. And we kind of create that roadmap of how you're going to move forward. So, um, you can sign up for that. It's on my website at ailynkaylee.com. You can follow me on Instagram at ailynkaylee. And I, because I'm giving birth April 5th, I am holding off on my group programs, but I am taking one-on-one clients, Um, but my group program hopefully will launch again back in the fall. Obviously I'm on little man's time, so I can't be like I'm in control of the situation. Um, but yeah, and so many things to come. I've been getting so many downloads about, uh, buying a retreat center in Costa Rica. So my husband and I are uh, actively looking into that. So, but yeah, right now, if you want to reach out to me, I would say the website or, um, Instagram or Facebook.
0: Yes. And we will link all of that in the show notes. And also side note is that your fourth house, which is the house of land and food and home is full of planets. So I definitely also see you guys getting stuff in Costa Rica and I will be one of your first guests.
1: I'm so excited. Um, Yeah. It's so interesting how, so my mom is a chef. She's also a chef. My sister's a chef and I married a chef.
0: Oh my gosh. Yes. It's just like, it's you, it's a part of you. You can't (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> no like yeah that's a, I'm so lucky because I hate cooking so
0: you're I, I'm like can I come over I'll fly mm-hmm. up.
1: <laughs> feel free girl I'm telling you yeah. feel free
0: <laughs> well alan I just want to acknowledge you for being this beacon of light you are such a bright light and you are so encouraging you're such a cheerleader and you just truly radiate so much love and wisdom and really, I feel like when I look at you, when I hear your voice, it is this just heart blasting open Mm. full of love. And I love that image that you created of when we have any of these heartbreaks or anything that just, it can be filled up with gold. And and that's what you are, is that you are this gift of gold to, to all of us. And thank you for going through your journey and for choosing you know, to go on your own pilgrimage. Thank you, Paolo Coelho. My favorite book is The Alchemist too. So <laughs> like, yes, girl. But, you know, thank you for sharing this and thank you for everything today. I know this is helpful for me and I'm sure it will be so helpful for everybody listening.
1: Mm, I fully received that. Thank you. Thank you for reading the chart and for having me here. It was an honor. You know, I love you so much and I'm so proud of you. So, yeah.
0: Thank you. And my final question, as this is the Cosmic Earth Podcast, What does living in a cosmic earth mean to you?
1: Ooh, just uh, alignment, living in alignment with mind and body soul and showing up in that alignment as love every single day, every day. And as I'm reading this, I have like a bunch of goals in front of me. And the first thing that pops out is spirit. So it's like, just living as a true embodiment of my spirit, my origin story, and being love. It's all love. All it is is love. <laughs>
0: That's all it is. <laughs> all you need is love. George and Paul and Ringo and John said it best. True. True. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Aylan. Love you so much. Love you. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Cosmic Earth Podcast. If you did, share it with your soul family and don't forget to leave a review and subscribe. And if you want to stop playing small and step further into living the life you know you came here for, send me a message over on Instagram at risewithnatalie and make sure to follow along for cosmic inspiration and guidance from the stars. Thank you guys again for listening and go out there and find some magic today.